so fast that opinions still differ as to whether he left a string of reorganized companies or a heap of wreckage behind him. Over 100 films were released under the banner of Joseph P. Kennedy Presents, during which time he influenced the careers and personal lives of Gloria Swanson, Marlena Dietrich, and the cowboy stars Fred Thompson and Tom Mix, as well as dozens of other investors, executives, and underlings. Kennedy was a multifaceted, magnetic charmer, a devious visionary with exquisite timing and more than a flash of genius. And nothing, including the destruction of other people's careers, deterred his consuming passion to increase his personal bank accounts. Not a half-dozen men have been able to keep the whole equation of pictures in their heads, F. Scott Fitzgerald noted in his final novel, The Last Tycoon, Joe Kennedy was not one of those men, for he had no appreciation of the nuances of storytelling or an ability to spark true creative collaboration. However, to paraphrase Fitzgerald, Kennedy may have been the only one to have the whole economic equation in his head, and that is a key to understanding him. He saw everything and everyone, from Gloria Swanson to Adolf Hitler, through a lens of dollars and cents. When he first arrived in Hollywood in 1926, no one knew Joe Kennedy as the man he would become. He wasn't that man yet. He was already more than well off, always meticulously dressed and chauffeured in his Rolls Royce. But he had yet to accumulate his fortune. His wealth was estimated at a little over a million dollars, and he would increase that tenfold over the five years he was immersed in the film industry. When Kennedy left Hollywood, he already had so much money that making the rest of it, which must have been many, many millions, was almost a routine affair. He cut the wave at exactly the right moment. And, perhaps more important, the timing of his departure was perfect. By 1932, he was the richest Irish American in the world— and while he would continue to build capital through other ventures, it was Hollywood that provided the foundation of his wealth. It was also Hollywood where he learned how to perform as a public personality, and where he came to believe that how you were perceived was more important than who you were. The skills and knowledge he gained would affect everything he did and influenced from then on, from how he presented his family to the world to his son's election to the presidency. This is the story of those Hollywood years. Chapter 1 America's Youngest Bank President, 1888-1919 The family that Joseph Patrick Kennedy was born into on September 6th, 1888, was more comfortable than that of most Boston Irish Catholics. His father, Patrick Joseph, known to everyone as P.J., was a 30-year-old member of the Massachusetts House of Representatives, and his mother, Mary Augusta Hickey Kennedy, was the daughter of a relatively well-to-do family. Although Boston in 1888 was heavily populated by Irish Catholics, it was dominated by the Protestants, who had founded it 250 years before— John Winthrop and John Cotton, along with the Quincy's and the Saltonstalls, had arrived with the strict and codified purpose of establishing their 
city upon a hill. The churches and schools they had built and their streets and the common ground remained the city's defining touchstones, and their descendants still ruled Boston society. The Irish population had skyrocketed with the potato famines of the late 1840s, and one of their own was elected mayor in 1885. Yet when openings for work were advertised, Protestant only or Irish need not apply were all too familiar provisos. P.J. Kennedy's father, Patrick, had immigrated to Boston from Ireland after the second potato famine in 1848. Unlike those fleeing poverty and starvation in coffin ships, Patrick was a younger son of a landed family, and he arrived as a passenger on a scheduled liner. Half of the Boston Irish were tagged as laborers, but Patrick was a skilled artisan much in demand as